give me just a minute as we get everything set up here. Uh, we, uh, sometimes we start these shows and we don't even know we're starting the show and we're getting that show ready for you right now. But everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to the council today. We have got a fantastic show for you. And uh, I just want to you know, briefly thank all of you tuning in from where you are around the world. I mean, this show has continued to grow in its audience numbers. And uh, you know, we, we try to, to bring to you some of the best uh, people, best groups, organizations that are doing things that are really out there to help people, to get them out there and to, to show what people are doing to make a difference in this world. Uh, we are broadcasting live. I mean, we're live. That's actually, can you believe it? We're actually live, and uh, we're here in Denver, Colorado, in the beautiful city here of Denver, but we're broadcasting all across the nation and all around the world. Uh, we're being listened to on all these different stations, but our purpose and our intention here at KUHS is to be one of the leading streams all from around, not only from around this country, but from around the world, giving you the best programming from a wide variety of musical genres, DJs in the studio. And our purpose is to give you um, a quality programming that reflects the diversity of our staff and have honest, grounded, authentic conversations about the things that are happening to us in our world that's filled with a lot of fear and distrust and separation. We strive to bring our city and our nation and our world together by providing a platform where we celebrate our commonalities, our goodness, and our humanity. Uh, at KUHS, we find the best in bilingual programming, in doctors out here giving you the best information about your health, uh, just information about sports. We've got all kinds of different things here at KUHS The Stream. And I also have, uh, you know, uh, a new, new website. <laughs> it's called CoreSoulHealing.com. Uh, it is about healing our core soul, the, the, the wounds of the soul, that uh, those deep core soul wounds that are at the root cause of a lot of our problems. And this is this is uh, was birthed out of all the tra traumas that I had and the, the challenges that I had. And so it is built upon three principles, which is healing trauma deepening the mind-body connection, and restoring the soul. And I've done a lot of studying over, my gosh, it must be like 20 years of trying to uh, put this all together for you. And uh, we've uh, launched it. And we're going to be having our first retreat, which is going to be the Warrior's Heart Retreat. It's going to be at the Sunrise Ranch in Loveland, Colorado, in September 16th through the 19th. Uh, it's going to be the first of its kind. There's going to be so many more, and it's all geared towards helping you to heal your heart, to open you to connecting deeper into your soul, and to you know deepen your connection to yourself. Uh, it's going to be a combination of lectures and self-reflection, group work, classes, uh, sacred circle, and all kinds of things. So packages are being available right now. Go check it out at the website, CoreSoulHealing.com. Look at the Warriors Heart Retreat. Again, that's CoreSoulHealing.com. Okay, folks, today we're, uh, we're going to be talking about something that's uh, very dear uh, and important to me and to, to, to all of us that are sitting here at, uh, in the studio today. Um, we're talking about the things that, uh, th that many people are confronted with, uh, which is uh, abuse, domestic violence, uh, and abuse can, be shown up, can show up in all kinds of different forms. It can be emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, um, uh, mental abuse, and we need to be able to find places, um, Places that are there to reach, that we can reach out to that can help us, that can give us a bastion, a home that will enable us to uh, connect with others who have been through the same things that we have been through, so that understand it at a deep soul core level, and that can give us the steps that they have taken on their journey to be able to climb out of the hell that they have been into to give you the wisdom that they have gained so that you can get your life back. Domestic violence affects a lot of people, uh, a lot of women, a lot of children, and uh, it's something that we need to address as a society and as a culture. 
Uh, but one of the first things we've got to do is we've got to help those who've already been damaged by these uh, experiences. And, you know, I teach these classes. I was just telling my guests a little bit earlier, I teach these classes for parents who are going through divorce uh, uh, to set up parenting plans for their children because usually at the core of divorce is a lot of, a lot of these dysfunctional behavioral patterns, these dysfunctional relational patterns. And we need to address that so we don't pass this on to our children. We have to be able to learn to identify what those patterns are, why we are drawn to certain people, why we are, uh, get caught up in these cycles so we don't let our children uh, repeat this that same cycle and can make the changes at that very personal, familial, and core level. And uh, it's, it always, uh, you know, it, 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 it's really important to me that we are able to get this information out to you, uh, you know, as, as wide a level as we possibly can so that you can reach out to these people right here that are sitting next to me that have got this phenomenal program that can help each and every one of you that is dealing with domestic violence and youth violence issues. They're amazing people. I've, I've, known, <laughs> I've known two of them here for a long time. Uh, we've gone back a long time. And, uh, and to see the, how much both of you have grown and the work that you're doing for all of these people out there is incredible. It's noble work. It is as noble as you can as you can do. I mean, you're, you're helping people to, to recover their lives and to reclaim that which was taken from them. And you know how to do it, and you've, and you've got the proven track record. And, folks, I'm so excited to, to introduce to you my guests right now. Next to me is Shalay Collard. She is a certified faith-based equine-assisted philosophy and is the founder and CEO of Graceful Oaks Youth Ranch. Graceful Oaks offers faith-based programs for mental health and wellness, personal development and growth, and programs that strengthen families. The idea of the ranch began in 1999 when God spoke to Shalai's heart and placed a dream there of one day having a ranch where women, children, and families could come to find refuge from the painful places in their lives and experience hope and healing. Their website is www.gracefuloaksyouthranch.org. That's gracefuloaksyouthranch.org. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you, Charlie. We're excited to be here. <laughs> well, I think, you know, it is I who am humbled and excited to have all of you on. I would love for you just to sh kind of share and talk to the audience a little bit about who you are. And, uh, and Charlie, let's start with you. You know, a little bit about your background and where this dream came <laughs> up and, and why this passion to help and, and do the work that you do. You're right. There is a lot of passion behind this work. And I'm so excited and so honored to be a part of this team and what God is doing at the ranch. Um, the seed was sown when I was a child, believe it or not. <laughs> and it's so, it's so neat to see how God does things, mm -hmm. even at a young age. And so the time that I go back to is when my parents first brought my horse, Tina, home. And um, experiencing this horse and the relationship and the intimacy that I had with her really just spoke to my heart mm -hmm. and planted a seed for this ranch. And when times got tough at home, mm -hmm. Tina and I would just leave for hours. We would go and just be together for hours. Right. And it was, it was so, like the time together was so sweet. Um, she taught me how to trust. Um, she taught me how to have intimacy with, with someone and with animals. Mm -hmm. um, she, God used Tina to help me see that there was a better future. Mm. And one of the things that I remember about Tina was when um, we would just take off um, when life got hard. And it was a very informal relationship. Um, at times, I didn't wear tennis shoes, which I don't recommend now when you're riding a horse. Um, no saddle. And I just remember just being so open with her 
and trusting with her that I can even remember like how it feels to touch her mane wow. or how to or, or her smell and um, what we would do um, when we went out was we would go on the train track be next to the train and we would race the trains you did we did wow <laughs> and I mean we lost every time <laughs> but I just remember, you know, when the train would come, he would see us, mm-hmm. right? And he would make a sound, a honk, and we just started galloping. And we would go so fast that we reached freedom yeah. together. And when we reached that freedom together, like, I could feel the air hit my face. Mm. I could feel... Um, that we were just like conquering the world together and all the stresses, all the pain that I was experiencing um, was gone yeah. in that moment. That's beautiful. And I, I, just that idea of freedom, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to allow ourselves that, that sense of, of, of no pain, no suffering, no sense of responsibility, just being fully present and alive in the moment and that mm-hmm. sense of liberation that comes with that. And, I mean, it, to have that experience at such a young age. Right. And that was the seed that planted this idea mm-hmm. of the Graceful Oaks Youth Ranch. Right, right. And then in 1999, when God spoke to my heart about this vision... It was as though I was taking what I experienced with my horse, Tina, mm-hmm. and God was providing a place for others to come, you know, with children, uh, women, families to come and find refuge from their painful experiences and experience freedom, experience love, experience acceptance. Because when we're going through so much pain mm-hmm. and trauma, um, it's a battle to fight. Mm-hmm. And so when you're connecting with horses, when you're connecting with animals, the guard comes down Mm. and you can really learn how to have a relationship and how to receive. What is the power? I mean, I know this is a little bit of a a, a divergent from what we had, but I just, I thought it was such an important thing that you just said right there about Mm -hmm. the power of the animal Mm -hmm. that enables you to connect in a very deep way. That, that really like calms you and, and, and you feel that presence that you're safe with them. Is that, is that what I'm getting as you're, when, you're, when you're dealing with Yes, definitely. Horses? And I think because like when we go through trauma and we go through pain, yeah. right, we have experiences where people ha- may have responded to, responded to us in a negative way, mm-hmm. right? And so we are able to leave that behind, those responses, those reactions, Um, and start fresh with an animal, Mm -hmm. right? And then start to build a relationship. So even when you're starting and working with an animal or a horse, just by touching them, Mm -hmm. you're already starting a relationship. You're starting to build that trust. And it's trust that's being built between the person and the animal. So it's for both of them. Yeah. Well, and and that's such uh, an important thing when... When anybody has ever gone through trauma, you're, 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 you start, your nervous system starts to change. Mm-hmm. And so you're, uh, you're constantly looking for cues of, of danger. Right. And it's really hard to find cues of safety because right. the, there's been an imbalance in the, in the structure of the nervous system. And, how, and so animals like horses mm-hmm. are able to bring us back into that uh, ventral vagal system part of our bodies, which allows us to calm down, allows us to feel safe again. And that's really where the healing can begin, right? Right, right. in the present moment with right. them, yeah. yes. Right. Yes. Well, I'd love to meet some more of your team here. I mean, who, you know who do you have next? I, really I have an amazing that person team here, over there. <laughs> right? Yes, I have an amazing team here who really helps fulfill the vision at Graceful Oaks. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been a, a large component of um, everything that goes into Graceful Oaks. So here I have Tiffany Anderson. Hi. <laughs> Valerie Renville. Thank you. And Michaela Winholm. Hi. Uh, I'm so happy to have all of you here. And I want to make sure that we get you in here. (laughs) Tiffany, share just a little bit about your background as well. And and uh, why are you so passionate about this work that you do? 
So Shalee brought me on through You Matter. You Matter is the domestic violence um, group that we have at Graceville Oaks. I am actually a survivor of domestic violence, or DV, mm -hmm. um, as they call it in short. Um, and I, my heart speaks through it because God spoke through me to get out of the, the horrible relationship I was in mm -hmm. and help others. It took me a while to get there. But each time I get to help somebody, I heal even more. Mm -hmm. Isn't that true? Oh. Yeah, I mean, when you help somebody and you're able to finally, like, you know, it's like you, you, you feel so trapped by your pain. Yes. I mean, you feel so stuck by it that you can't get out of it. And then you see somebody else who's kind of stuck, too, when you help mm -hmm. them through it. And it, by helping them, you help yourself. Mm -hmm. And you kind of break through even more. And we get to that place of freedom that you were talking about. Yeah. You know? It does. It, it heals you. Mm -hmm. Step by step. Little, little things it brings out that maybe you forgot. Yeah. But you heal at the same time you're remembering those. At least that's what I've been getting out of all this and helping others. Well, what is the, um, what is your, I mean, would you like to add what your, uh, your background here? I want to make sure I get everybody here to, uh, just to speak really quick. Well, I would say I just had the privilege. I've been in church ministry for over 23 years, and that's how I came to know Chalet. She was attending our church. And just through our friendship, we were able to bring a bond and just hearing her heart for what God was laying on her heart and just walking beside her, we became deep friends. But mm -hmm. we also, I got to be a part of watching God work and make this vision a reality. Yeah. And for me, that has always been my own personal passion is to help people find healing yes. um, from their wounds that this world has thrown upon them mm -hmm. and to find that in, in the one person of Christ who really truly is the healer of mm -hmm. all. And that's what I love about what the vision Shelley had. It's not, it's this equine therapy that uses God's most majestic animals and then couples them with the love of God to bring that healing that he does. And so for me, I've just been walking alongside of her and supporting her wherever I can. <laughs> and I think that's, uh, you know, when you talk about, you know, uh, Christ as being, he was the greatest healer. Yes. You know, he really was. I mean, yeah, and, I, and I'm a big passionate lover of all the mystics and great yeah. teachers, and, yeah. and, but he was, he was the greatest. So, and, and to have a root, I think any great uh, healing, passion, or healing tradition has to be rooted in, the, in those deep spiritual truths that enable you to move through the pain so that you can get to the other side. So I actually heard about Grace Folks through the grapevine. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I first started there. I just kind of helped out wherever they needed me. And um, I guess it was just kind of over time and through like Shalee's guidance and through experiencing everything that I to offer that I realized, you know, I have a passion for working with children and I have a passion for helping to guide youth to figure out, you know, helping them to grow into themselves and finding their own passions. and. Um, building their own successful futures and careers. So that's my con contribution to the ranch. That's a pretty amazing contribution. <laughs> that's fantastic. And Michaela has been with us since the beginning in 20, 2015. Wow, mm -hmm. fantastic. So you have like, I mean, you are a true embodiment and success mm -hmm. of, of what the ranch is all about, the mission and purpose of Graceful Oaks Youth Ranch. What is the mission? So the mission is to mentor children, empower youth to lead, foster emotional, emotional healing, and strengthen families. Strengthen families. Yes. And how do you strengthen families? Do you bring them over uh, to the ranch as well? Is that something that... Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. We open it up for the ranch. We have family fun nights uh -huh. where we invite families from the community to come to have s'mores together, to learn, or to live and laugh and play together. Um, and then we also have horseback riding. We offer archery during those times so that they can just let the stresses of the day go and just experience and connect with each other. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you know, and especially if they're going through any kind of uh, trauma as a family, you know, or issues or problems, uh, reconnecting in a way that's outside of their routine mm -hmm. is probably so extraordinarily powerful and healing to them. Yeah. Now, Tiffany, you, um, you're focused on the domestic violence um, aspect of it, and I know that there's a lot of uh, women out there that are watching and tuning in today to the, uh, to the show, whether they're listening 
whether they're uh, watching it uh, live right now. And, uh, and part of one of the things that we were going to talk about today is this aspect of, of domestic violence. And, um, you know, what is it, first of all? And, um, and how do you think the COVID pandemic that we've just been in, how has that impacted uh, the incidence of, uh, of domestic violence? Well, first of all, domestic violence, as they call it, DV, is a pattern of violence using force or threats, a controlling behavior that can include physical, emotional, psychological, and sexual, and financial abuse. The financial abuse is using money and financials too to exec exert control. Mm -hmm. And with the pandemic, myself, COVID made it worse. Mm -hmm. um, isolation has always been one of the most powerful weapons in the abuser's arsenal. Mm -hmm. uh, domestic violence itself is a pandemic within a pandemic. Uh, COVID does not make an abuser, but COVID makes it worse. It gives them more tools and more chances to control you because they've had to be isolated or quarantined in your home or wherever you may live. You can't go out. You can't be around people. And unfortunately, the government tells you you can't go out mm -hmm. because everybody needs to stay safe at home. So the violence escalates. People have lost their jobs. Mm -hmm. People have turned to alcohol. People have turned to drugs. And even an abuser, I read some articles, an abuser became an abuser after he had a wonderful job and he had a wonderful family and he lost his job when COVID came. Mm -hmm. And he started drinking and um, his wife ran and took the kids. It's changed a lot. Um, surveys around the world have shown domestic violence spiking January of 2020 and jumping a year over year compared to the same period of 2019. Wow, that much? DV increased 30% in China, 25% more in Argentina, 30% in Cyprus. I don't know exactly what that's at. Cyprus? <laughs> well, I actually, actually have people that listen and tune in from that yeah. part of the world. Cyprus is, near, is in the Mediterranean. It's near Greece. Oh, okay. So we have a lot of people from Greece. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, uh, yeah, 30% in Singapore and 50% in Brazil. Wow. In 50? 50. 5 zero. 5 zero. My, that's, wow. In the United States, the situation is equal troubling with police departments reporting increases in cities around the country. 18% in San Antonio, 22% in Portland, and 10% in New York. <laughs> the saddest thing I read is that one study in the Journal of Radiology Reports in Brigham in Boston yeah. show that radiology scans and superficial wounds consistent with DV from March 11th to May 3rd. So March 11th of 2020 to May 3rd of 2021. Yes. Okay. Uh, um, exceeded the totals for the same period of 2018 and 2019 combined. <sighs> it gives me chills. And then I also focus on the fact that children, when they go to school, they're safe. Yeah. They get fed. They yeah. might not get fed at home. They're safe at school. That's their safe spot. But children having being home and online and the stress from parents working, yeah. it's hard. And it's I, I was shocked by the numbers. That's uh, uh, it's astonishing. I mean, that's, uh, I, 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 I felt, I, I suspected that it was high, that there was things that was um, probably not being discussed, and, you know, because there's so much other things that are going on in the national news, that this is not being discussed, it needs to be discussed, mm -hmm. and now that you've just reported uh, what the impact is having on people, it's, you know, I, I think uh, we have to understand that abuse, abused people abuse people. Damaged people damage people. All right? 90%, and this is what I, what I teach in my classes, and I teach them, 90% of abusive people were abused as children. 90%. And that, just like what you were talking about with that story, Tiffany, where that um, you know, the guy, we, we had a job and he was doing fine. He loses his job. He starts drinking. He's feeling bad and he takes it out on his children. And then this, the children pay the price. Yes. 
and their children pay the price, and their children, and, and so these things become transgenerational. People think, "Well, that that stuff is not, no, it is. It's real. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely one hundred percent real." And it just doesn't happen in heterosexual relationships. Mm -hmm. It happens in same sex. It happens in the opposite sex. It happens in any relationship that you have with anybody. It mm -hmm. can happen at work. Mm -hmm. Well, it can happen in. in it's usually man, man, uh, and uh, with a woman. Usually, the, usually. but. Sometimes it's same sex. Sometimes it's reverse. Sometimes it's woman with a man. You right, can yeah. be right. emotionally and psychologically abused in the other direction. A man is not capable to handle emotional abuse. Our brains are just not wired to do so. And they're also yeah. wired not to tell people because they're the man and they need to take care of themselves. But yeah. And they're embarrassed. Yes. <laughs> you don't want to don't talk want about it. No. no you don't want to say anything about it, and you don't want to talk about it. And, uh, you know, that, I, I think I read one time that uh, um, emotional abuse to a man was equivalent to physical abuse to a woman. Mm -hmm. So we need to be having not only these conversations, but we need to be doing things about it that, that stop it, that end it. And we're going to get into some of that here. But what are your opinions, uh, just as we're talking about this, what, is, what do you think some of the root causes of domestic violence are? It's kind of a big question. It's kind of funny that you bring up men because I read an article saying that one out of three men, one out of three people, one of them is a male and the other a female. Wow. So studies say that about one-third of people who are abused physically, sexually, emotionally will become abusers themselves. Yes. Abusers feel that they have the right to control, and that's the big thing with abusing. Mm -hmm. Control is the key thing. And restrict their partner's life often either because they believe their own feelings and needs should be the priority in a relationship or because they enjoy the power that such abuse gives them. Drugs and alcohol is another root cause of abuse as well. When they have problems with them, these two things can escalate abuse, feeling like they have more power and more control over the victim. Wow. So I don't know if there's a really root cause, but as you said, if you're abused when you're a child, I believe that you become an abuser somehow, some way. Mm -hmm. And some may not think that they are, mm -hmm. but they are. Yeah. And then you go and you try to get help and you realize, oh, well, I had that in my growing up. I had that in my childhood. Oh, that's what that meant? Oh, that's not love? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's how I was taught love, so this is how I'm showing love. Yeah. So it's it's sad and it's confusing, but control is, it's, it's wanting to control somebody. Isolation is a big thing, and that's why the pandemic has, has taken over with domestic violence. Yeah, well, that's one of the, the, the essential tools mm -hmm. uh, in being able to uh, have power over somebody. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you were talking about it, it just, this whole idea of power, power, I've got to have power over this person. Mm -hmm. And where does that come, and why do we feel we need to have power over somebody in, in a way that, it, that takes away their light? It's almost like um, there, I, have, I, don't, I can't generate my own light, for you know, my own person. I have to steal it. I have to take it from somebody else in order to feel empowered, to feel strong, to whatever it may be. And so I'm going to manipulate you. I'm going to control you. I'm going to dominate you. I'm going to intimidate you. I'm going to keep you from your friends. I'm going to keep you from your family. I'm going to do all these things in order to fill myself up, to make me feel what? Powerful, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, is there, I just, to me, we get it, we understand it, but we can't stop ourselves from people who are, you know, abusers. They just can't stop themselves. I mean, why else do we abuse? Because it's a part of our sin nature. It goes right back right. to exactly. right. not understanding who we were really created to be. That was not the image that God has for his sons and daughters. No. And so we end up falling to these false patterns of culture and tradition that God never ordained for us to be. He meant for men and women to be in unity, mm -hmm. to support one another, to be equal, and to be in partnership. 
and to be filled not by each other as much as from their creator so that they could then love more beautifully to each other. Mm-hmm. So I always feel like if we can point people to the source of who created them and they can understand how deeply loved they are, mm-hmm. just the way they are, and their wounds don't define them, mm-hmm. that there could be a path of healing that places like the ranch offer. Mm-hmm. We get back to the source of who you are. And animals like horses, they're not manipulated by the sin. Yeah, They are yeah. totally in the moment, mm-hmm. present with you, and they allow you to just be. Mm-hmm. And, and then start to work through all that. So that for me personally, I just see that's a lot of pain in a lot of people's life. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, and I think you're right on it. We don't, uh, you know, the, this idea that um, wherever it came from, that uh, we had to have a, 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 a relationship that one person was more dominant than the other, when it was supposed to be a co-equal okay. co-partnership where you supported one another, where you encouraged one another, where you were enabled them to become the best version of themselves as you possibly can and vice versa. Right. And together, by doing that, we lift everybody up and the, and the, and the whole unit gets stronger. Mm-hmm. And, and better and, 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 and but we had this idea because we didn't learn or we, our parents got hurt or the sin that, that got started and um, and I think one of the things that uh, is is one of the biggest tools that uh, abusers have is is manipulation mm-hmm. that's the big one I think it's manipulation is, is I'm going to manipulate you to do what I want you to do for me mm-hmm. and, and or and they make you feel bad for doing it mm-hmm. yeah and at the core of it is, I'm going to make your spirit dance for me. Yep. They're going to take all the light out of you yeah. and turn it into d- as dark as they possibly can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and they will find all kinds of different ways to be able to do that. For those who are coming out of the COVID pandemic right now and are starting to, you know, it's like we've all been in a haze. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you wake up from the haze and, you know... What are some of the signs that they should look out for? You know, there's some we've already talked about, about what to look out for in an abuser and some of their, their traits and characteristics. But what about, uh, what, you know, gaslighting and uh, ch- charming personality? What are the things, the signs to look for that says well, you, you might be with someone who's abusive? Well, you got some of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a few uh, experiences right. myself. Um, narcissistic personality. Yes. Um, they like to control. They like to feel power. And they like to hold you accountable for everything you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could clean the house wrong. Uh, you could breathe wrong. And it's not the way that they want you to. So, yeah. Um, they keep you antisocial. They mm-hmm. won't let you have to be around your family and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, they're charmers. Mm-hmm. They're wonderful. And everybody loves them. And then the relationship continues, and they change, and they pull start pulling you away from their friends, mm-hmm. uh, from your friends that you guys have together, isolating you in your home, telling you, oh, nobody's going to want you, nobody's going to love you, and they start the abuse. Yeah. But then they go through another thing called, uh, what is it, wine and roses. As my counselor that I went to said, it's kind of like a woman's PMS cycle. They go, <laughs> great, they're awesome, and then right. all of a sudden, boom, they're, they dive. And that's when the abuse starts. And at the end of that cycle, it starts to climb again, and they're all, oh, I'm so sorry, I love you, I want to be with you, I didn't mean to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And it's a cycle that they continue to repeat. Well, and it's also uh, one of the things that I teach in my classes is it's like a, it's a betrayal bond. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's this betrayal bond dynamic rather yes. than it's a perversion of the loyalty bond. Yes. That was the original thing. I'm loyal to you. I've uh, under God's eyes, I've committed to you and, and I'm going to honor you and protect you and, and, and serve you for my life. You know, that's what that was. The, that's loyalty. But it's mm-hmm. the betrayal bond. And that is, and it's reinforced by the constant betrayals of trust, yes. and then reeling you back in. And, that's what they do. and and we, if you don't know that from the very beginning, and you get caught in these betrayal bond dynamics, they can be very intoxicating. Mm-hmm. It can be very addictive. You're actually addicted to this pattern. And that's why some people fall into the same relationships. Yep. Yep. 
if you know, yeah, <laughs> you'll find <laughs> patterns. You, you just will. Yeah, <laughs> just, we've all been there. <laughs> you just—it's like you keep finding the same, just a different person, same relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and I and I think that that's such an important thing for people to get to understand. Is whenever you're going through a challenge, is this is this challenge going to make us a better couple, or is this about power and control? You know, because we're all going to have to face challenges, right? you know, but how are we going to face those challenges, right? And how we deal with them and not with anger. I mean, everybody has anger and they get mad at certain things. Mm -hmm. They don't don't let it uh, escalate to where you're actually physically hurting them. Mm -hmm. But there's emotional, physical bruises go away. Emotional scars, they can last for years. Mm -hmm. 20 years. And you still, something can bring up an emotional something that happened to you. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get you in here on your your thoughts. I know I can see the, the, the <laughs> wheels turning over here. Yeah. The thoughts were going through my mind. Some of those are the most extreme examples, but abuse has a spectrum. Ah, okay. And so, yeah. you know, you also have to look for things where, like we were starting talking about that partnership, where someone is trying to be something they were never meant to be for you. In mm-hmm. other words, it starts out as caring about you, wanting to help um, make you a better person when they're not really just pouring into who you are mm. and appreciating who you are as a person for your gifts, for your talents. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I've always encouraged my own daughters. Look for someone who isn't going to try to complete you. You're not mm. going to be complete in a person. What you want is someone who's going to be in great partnership and who's going to en- encourage you in what your passions, your dreams are, and vice versa. You do the same. Mm-hmm. But anytime someone's trying to make you what they think you should be, that's a warning sign. Huge. Big red flag. Huge red flag. And I, I think that's the best I've ever heard it said. Yeah, I mean, that's really... Um, because we're so, you know, we're, we're, when you fall in love with somebody, it's easy to get carried away and, and, and go on that. And then all of a sudden, you know, you just don't know. But are they, are they trying to bring out the best in you or are they trying to take from you? Are they trying to make you into somebody you're not? You know, I love you, but change. Exactly. <laughs> and you cannot change a person no matter how hard you try. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you me? can't wish it because they're the person they are. And most often you have abusers themselves. Are very insecure. Oh, very. That's what I was going to get to. Yeah. yeah was very it, is this because people are insecure? Is that what is at the root cause of a lot of this stuff? That's Even though it's a mask, because the control is because you're insecure, right? They have no control over themselves. They really yeah. don't know how to do that. So they put it to an, you know, an outward outlet. Mm-hmm. And it gets out of hand. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, most abusers, like you said, 90% are abused themselves. So what kind of thought process do they have about themselves? How mm-hmm. do they think about themselves? Not very highly. Yeah. And But that wall of pride keeps you from really saying, I need help. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the sad part about it, is they need help. But in the midst of a domestic violence situation, you have to find safety. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Oh, that's critical. Mm-hmm. I think that's number that's one, safe. is you have to find safety. You have to be safe. Yes. And, uh, you know, anytime you're going through any kind of fight or flight response, which is, this is what it is, it's a fight or flight response, your, your body is going to go into, uh, you know, flight, which is first, let me run out of here, let me run away if I can. If I can't, then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to fight, right? and I'm going to see if I can win or fight. And then the next stage is freeze, and so it goes up the scale, and that's when you're so overwhelmed by the feelings and the stress chemicals and the chemistry and all that stuff that's going on, and you can't handle it anymore, and then you'll co- go into collapse, which is despair and, and hope. It's a feign you feign death. You feign, you know, just wait till it's over. Just wait till it's gone. So that's a trajectory. So we want to get you safe. We don't. We want you to. When you you see that, you see that moment. You know it. You sense it. You find a safe haven. You go to a safe place because it's only in safety can we really address those deeper issues. Right. Yep. Um, what could we be doing better um, about raising our children? You know, and I want to get you in on the conversation here. I don't want to leave you alone. I haven't forgotten about you here. But I just, you know, I think it's so important for us as a society to be able, because, you know, we're doing the preventative measures now, right? You know, we've got, uh, or the, we're dealing with the wounds now, but how can we prevent these in the future? And we've got to get to the families. We've got to get to the children. We've got to get to those core. 
and so that we learn and teach them to respect and cherish and honor the person that's in front of them. That they don't need to control me. I don't need to control you. Uh, are we failing our children? And, and what are the values do you think we need to help them to incorporate in their souls? Would you like to take it first? Yeah, I'll take off with it. Um, so I think one of the things that I've seen a lot of is when people and parents and friends and family try to put children into like boxes and they try to tell their kids like, this is what you need to do. You need to do these activities or get these grades and this is the career goals that you want. And I mean, a lot of kids, they're not going to fit into these boxes. I mean, not every kid is made the same. And so I think what I tell, you know, all of my students that I work with and all of their families is that you know, every child that comes to the ranch is going to have a different passion. Some of them will want to work with the horses, others want to work with the goats, some of them will want to help lead events, others just kind of want to sit back and want to help behind the scenes, and mm -hmm. that's all okay. You know, it takes a village and everyone is going to play an important role, but, you know, when a child is put into a box or they're told that they have to be a certain way, I know that it creates a lot of agitation and I've seen how, you know, it doesn't really help them to become their best selves. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes they feel very unfulfilled or they feel, you know, jealous of what other kids may be doing. So um, it just creates a lot of backlash and it creates a lot of aggravation within their own relationships with themselves and with their, you know, classmates and their families and friends. Mm. So it's important to just let them kind of grow into their own person, I would say. I think that's so great. You know, it's finally, that's beautiful. Thank you. That was lovely. Learning, giving children the chance to become their own unique individual, to develop what you're talking about, and is, my opinion, is, is esteem. Learning to, to have self-esteem, to esteem themselves. I'm enough just as I am, good enough, and, you know, uh, I don't need to be any different than who I am today, who God made me, and that's it. Yeah, we happen to just, usually with kids, someone who feels they love behind the scenes, they're quiet, they are such a force of what we need in, in, in this world, and yet our world and a lot of people esteem those who have the spotlight, mm -hmm. those who are bold. And, and that's good too, as long as that's who they are. But we need to let kids know that whoever you are, you are just beautiful the way you are. And I, mm -hmm. you're needed. You're needed. Like yes. we need all sorts of personalities at the ranch. Mm -hmm. It isn't just bold people. We want people who love to get dirty. We love people who like to help out. So there's a variety of ways that the ranch offers, but there's also, that's the way life is. We need each other. Yes, and I think it's our diversity is our strength. You know, we don't, have, we have core values, like for, for me, some of those core values that I think are so important and that we really need to get back to are treating others the way you want to be treated. Yeah. You know, it's like, like the core, the golden rule. I mean, we need to just get back to some very basic things like that, and treating others with respect, and 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 working hard, and being honest, and being truthful, and you know, celebrating the truth, and speaking that to the best that you can in all your interactions, having courage, all those things. I think we need to to inculcate into our children because I think. Um, the, you know, when you see these incidents of, of domestic violence, um, the only way we're going to deal, attack or to really end this problem is to get it, to, 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 to change it in the families, I think. And I think for me, one of the hardest decisions that I had to make in my previous marriage that ended because of domestic violence was I had to make the decision, is this the kind of person that I want would want my daughter to be with mm. do wow. would I want her to be with this person the answer was no so then I had to be an example yeah. I had to show her and it was uh, incredibly hard to show her that it wasn't okay yeah. and of course there's a cost to that decision right um, but it was it was the best decision for me to show my daughter as an example that this type of behavior um, is not okay. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, it's so important. You know, sometimes we, uh, uh, you know, and I, I, I speak for, from uh, from knowledge on this. Uh, you stay in you stay in marriages that you shouldn't stay in mm. because you think, or any relationship mm -hmm. that's where you are devalued and depreciated and uh, hurt or anything like that, whether it's physical, emotional. Uh, sexual or mental, uh, that those are things that we shouldn't tolerate. Mm -hmm. 
And what you tolerate, you teach others how to treat you. And, uh, you know, that's a hard lesson to learn sometimes. And thank you for sharing that, Mm -hmm. because that's a really big, important lesson for all the mothers out there, uh, and some fathers, too, um, mothers with their children. You know, it's... uh, um, sometimes you stay in something too long because, you know, you, you think that's the way we got to do it. No, you actually teach them better by saying n- yeah. you draw the line and you say well, this n- no more. Right. You know more. And yeah. they need to get help. A lot of people return to abusive relationships because it's what they know. That's right. As sad as that is, it sounds <laughs> true, but it's, it's true, true. Because they don't know how else to function outside of an abusive relationship or in a healthy relationship. And you've got to know that there's so much support out there. And it's not right. Mm-hmm. And don't right. be embarrassed to go to counseling. No. I, everybody needs counseling. Yes. Something in their life. Yes. They need to talk to somebody, too. That's why you have friends. That's why you have family. That's, mm-hmm. you know okay to go talk to somebody. And guys, it's okay to talk to somebody. Yes, please do. All right? Yes, please. <laughs> Just talk, all right? It's okay to be able to talk about your food. It doesn't make you any less of a guy. No. Right, right. Uh, it actually going to make you better. Exactly. It's going to make you stronger. And at the ranch, like, we work with counselors. Yeah. We work with case managers. We love to have that type of support system mm-hmm. around our clients um, so that they benefit from all of us so well let's talk a little bit about the the ranch right now and the programs that you've got going on because you've got amazing 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 programs here and uh so just what are you know one of the things you have is you matter which is since we're on the on the domestic violence track right now what is what is you matter and what are the tenants what is what is the what is the program here that uh, is available uh when did we start this in 2018 Yes. We pulled the matter together. Mm -hmm. And um, we are there for, I'm a victim advocate. Mm -hmm. And they can reach us by calling us and we can talk to them. Um, We have resources to give them from start to finish. We can go to court with them. We can meet at the ranch and talk. We can just be there for them. It's a safe place. Um, We started meetings Mm -hmm. um, and then COVID hit Mm -hmm. and we couldn't go anywhere from there Mm because the last year we were kind of stuck. So now this year we're trying to get rubbed up again. and But now we want to bring horses, the, the, the client therapy involved with domestic violence. Well, that's yes. this lady right here. Yes. That she's the expert yes. on yeah. this. Yes. So what is it? What, what, why do the horses? I mean, I mean, I, I, mean, I love them <laughs> because they're just such noble creatures. And, right. Um, but what is it about horses that are offering a healing journey that's different than counseling? So, you know, we work with women and kids who have gone through domestic violence, child abuse, um, any type of abuse or trauma. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what the person has experienced, the horses will relate to them, Mm -hmm. will be with them, will accept them, will love them, will Mm -hmm. teach them how to have a healthy relationship. So then they can go and they can have healthy relationships with their family members, mm. with communities, with their friends at school. Oh, <laughs> I was entranced <laughs> by what you were saying because yes, yes. it's like, uh, I mean, I can just feel that, that sense of like, wow, I can go, this is a home I can go yes, to. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, for example, I've worked with um, women who have been rescued from sex trafficking. Wow. And wow. so I'd like to tell a story about CJ really quickly, if that's okay with you. Oh, of course, please. So, yes. um, and and I, I've come up with a different name, of course, for confidentiality uh, purposes. But so I'll call her CJ. So CJ came to the ranch for the very first time, and I met with her. So when she approached me, her shoulders were like slouched forward, no eye contact at all. She just really wasn't present mm. because of all the pain, all the heartache that she had just experienced, mm-hmm. right? So uh, CJ is coming back to the ranch every week, and I'm having her work with the horses. We have horses that have different backgrounds. Like I have an Icelandic pony who was abandoned and went to the feedlot. Mm. So she connected with Dusty on a very intimate level. And her guard started to come down. And she started to talk to Dusty and to share her pain with Dusty. And Dusty just stood there and just accepted her exactly where she was. So she kept coming and coming. um, And then I had her meet with Skye, who is a retired... Uh, barrel racer 
<laughs> Sky is really good about teaching people about healthy boundaries, how to communicate, because he has kind of, he has a mind of his own at times, right? So CJ got on Sky, and at first, Sky was leading CJ mm. in the arena, mm. doing mm. the obstacle course. <laughs> well, then what happened was, CJ was like, no, this is my ride. And she became assertive. She started to communicate with how she wanted Sky to go and where she wanted Sky to go. So she became the leader. And that and, and what she learned in that arena was how do I have healthy boundaries with people? Mm. How can I teach people to respect my boundaries? Wow. And so she she kept coming each week, each week, and when she first started she had no um, goals. She didn't know what she wanted to do. She was fine where she was. Yeah. So after three months, I'm in the chicken coop. She gets to the ranch. She runs into the chicken coop. Chalet, chalet, chalet. I'm so excited. I'm going to go see my dad. I'm going to stay with my dad. I'm going to work at this place. Mm. I have these friends that I'm going to reconnect with. So she began to have goals, mm -hmm. right? And... Um, an excitement for laughter. And so being in the equine therapy um, sessions, she got to really learn who she was, wow. not what the trauma said she was, yes. mm -hmm. but who she really was and who she was becoming. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And it was such a, uh, a, a incredible transformation in such a short period of time right, too. I right. mean, Three months is a, that's not, uh, I mean, yeah. considering that's a, that's pretty fast. Right, right. And when she was working, we were working with counselors. Yeah. And so she had other people in her support system. Yeah. And when she moved, she had more support with her too. So we, we want to make sure that people are supported when they leave the ranch as well. How important, uh, Chalet, and anybody else who wants to answer the question, uh, how important is establishing trust? Is that a key component when you're working with people, um, <coughs> the women and children that come to the ranch? I mean, trust is essential. I mean, if you can't trust someone, you're never going to open up. You're never going to allow yourself to be who you are because you're going to feel very vulnerable. and. If you've been hurt, the last thing you want is to be hurt again. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if you can't trust yeah. someone, and people will let you down. Yes. That's the unfortunate part about life. And so you have to learn who you can trust and who you can't trust. But a horse, mm -hmm. that trust with a horse, mm -hmm. they don't have this mindset of manipulation. They don't have this mindset of trying to overcome you. What they're doing is themselves being who they are and working with someone else so that the two of you can learn from each other. Mm. But they don't have any preconceived ideas of what they should do with you other than this is who they are. And when they find out that you can be trusted, mm -hmm. they let you in. And when you can find out that they can be trusted, you begin to have this bond that you can then take in and realize that's what a trusting relationship should look like. Is <clears throat> just this question just came to me. Is boundaries, setting healthy boundaries, a key component mm -hmm. in establishing trust? Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Why? Yes. Well, an abuser, they don't have boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to see right there. Yeah, if you have any boundaries, yeah. right? Because mm -hmm. they don't have any. No. And if you don't have any boundaries to keep them away, they're going to come in and just take you're over. You're with a 2,000-pound you know, horse. If you're not careful with your boundaries, yeah. you're going to get stepped on. It's okay, not an item of maliciousness. It's literally just... You haven't set a boundary with this horse, wouldn't you say? I mean, how do you yeah. teach the youth with that? I mean, you just have to, you know, we start with the idea of the bubble. You know, you have your bubble, they have their bubble, and, you know, you have to learn to respect their own space, the horse's space, and um, how to treat them respectfully and how you would want to be treated so you're not going to be, like, in their faces or, you know, <clears throat> pulling on their mane and tail. And then they're also going to treat you respectfully. So, you know, then you can pet the horse and you can interact with the horse and walk it and ride it. So it's just being able to recognize that, you know, you and this other being both have your own wants and wills and your own spaces. And, you know, once you can realize that, then the children and the horses can kind of come together and 
build their own bonds together. So. Oh, I think that's brilliant. I love that. And I, and I think that's one of the things is we don't understand that building a harmonious balance between mm -hmm. people is predicated on the idea that I'm my own person, you're your own person, mm -hmm. and I have my own thoughts, feelings, emotions, and all that. And we need to be able to know when it's been crossed and how to realign it and how to establish it, all those things. And you've got the programs here. Um, so sh talk to us a little bit about, and, and make sure to look at the camera yeah. while you're doing yeah. it, and, uh, of, the, of the youth programs and what are the pr other programs that you offer at the ranch as well. So one of the programs that we have at the ranch is the Empowering Youth Leadership Program. So this program is focused on teaching students and guiding them towards um, becoming their own leaders of themselves and um, other activities that they're involved in. So we like to start out with guiding students about, you know, what is leadership and what are your interests and your own uh, different things in life that you want to work towards as your goals and such. And we take that through different lessons and through ranch care um, and through interacting with the horses at the ranch. And we build all of it through a six-week program right now. Um, and at the end of the six-week program, we tell the students, okay, now you are going to take everything that you've learned and you're going to lead an event. So we have all of our students who have gone through the six-week session. They will work on you know, feeding everyone at the event, doing the horseback riding, taking care of all the rest of the animals. We work on customer service. and. All of the students will have different roles throughout the event that reflect their own interests and their different goals at the ranch. Um, and this allows you know, for them to grow as individuals and for them to grow professionally so that once they're done with the program, they can kind of leave it feeling more prepared to take on the world because you know, when you're young, it's a really big, scary world. So <laughs> you know, any skills that you can build help out with that. Oh my God, that's fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. And Charlie, I think it's important uh, to note that Michaela has been with us since we started. Wow. She started through the program. She was promoted several times, and now she's the Empowering Youth Leadership um, Program Manager. Congratulations. So, she's wow. so, this, so this is a really good example of what we want to do with the ranch, how we want to equip and train our leaders. Well, you know what? And, and starting early. Starting when they're uh, at your age. I don't know what age you started at. Uh. Yeah, we have middle school to high school ages. So, uh -huh. And then once, um, once they are through the program at least a year, they can come back to the program again and they can be promoted, we say. So um, you can take on larger re leadership roles. So right now we have some of our students mm -hmm. who are guiding and leading the horsemanship training for mm -hmm. this year for the new students, which is great. We have other students that are part of what we call a core team. So these are students who have exemplified <clears throat> uh, or a wish or a need to be bigger leaders mm -hmm. than what they were the year before if they're still in the program. So they take on new leadership roles. They do a lot of like volunteer contacting or um, we outreach them to other volunteers at the ranch and they work with them for other programs. So there's many opportunities for any student to kind of uh, go along with any of their own wishes or desires or goals at the ranch and kind of follow it through to the end. So That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Really great. So wow. Exciting. Well done. Know, that was beautiful. <laughs> I love that. So exciting. What do you love most? And we're coming to the end of the show here. Now, I would just like to ask, what do you love most about the work that you do at the ranch? Just to each of you, just a little. What, is the, what, is the, what wakes you up in the morning every day that keeps you going that just like, wow. I, th I think mine is something that I've already said about CJ. Yeah. Seeing that transformation, seeing her love life again after mm -hmm. such a traumatic experience mm -hmm. just is so rewarding, and I'm just so honored to be a part of the ranch. <laughs> That's beautiful. I, I would have to echo what Shelley said. When you get to watch the Lord work in someone's life and bring them to the person they were meant to be and yeah. watch him work in that way, and you know you got to participate in a small bit of the mm -hmm. bigger project. I mean, there's no greater reward. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is nothing more re refreshing, joyful than seeing someone blossom into who they were meant to be. Yeah, I agree. So I, I fully agree. Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany? Well, I guess to take you back, I've known Shalee since we were young. And this is going to make me emotional. Fifth grade, right? So <laughs> I think God played a part in our life back then to bring us to where we are now. And I think the trauma that both her and I went through mm -hmm. has brought us to what we want to do. And my greatest 
is seeing somebody survive domestic mm-hmm. violence, to get out, to know that their dark inner core that they feel like they have, that they have light again and they can yeah. shine, and that we are not the only ones out there mm-hmm. to help domestic violence. There's tons of resources, tons of information, but we are just one of many that mm-hmm. we want to help people. Yeah. And that's how can people get in contact with you, get in touch with you, and, and what should their expectations be? So you mentioned our website. Mm-hmm. It's also goyr.org, um, okay. or gracefolksyouthranch.org. Um, we also have a Facebook page. Um, my phone number is on the website, so they can just call, and we can connect with them, see where they're at in life, what their needs are, mm-hmm. and then we direct them to the program manager. Do you guys have any needs right now that you want to let people know of? Do you have anything that uh, people need to know about? So today has been awesome because our first need is just getting the message out there. We mm-hmm. want people to know about people, folks. We love what we do, and we, we want more people to come and help. Um, so going into my second point, it's volunteers. Mm. Uh, this ranch takes a village to run. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, whatever skills people have, we can put them to use. Wow. Um, we're also, I think our biggest heart is to um, be able to offer these services to children, women, and families who are in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the trenches, you don't have finances no. that much. No. And so we would love to be able to offer equine therapy free of charge to these people that are in the trenches like we have been. Wow. And we know that with God, you know, there's a, a better future out there. Well, I'm, uh, I'm just honored to have had this uh, conversation with all of you today. Because uh, what you are doing is... Um, Extraordinary. And having known both of you uh, for a long time and seeing how much you both have grown and the challenges you've had to overcome, and, uh, you know, uh, it just moves me to tears as well, you know, to be able to um, be able to provide a platform for, for all of you to be able to share your vision and your mission and your purpose out to the wider world uh, because it is so needed and it's so necessary. And together we can make a difference. Together we can end this. Together we can um, put a stop. Yes. Put a stop to it. So, folks, uh, we are at the end of the show. I mean, it's, uh, can you believe it? This guy, doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> it just fast. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. It gets faster and, and faster. But, uh, uh, folks, I just want to do a quick shout-out to the station here. Thank you, KUHS uh, Radio TV Denver. We are the stream. Thank you, Henry, and everybody in the back that makes all the magic happen. Uh, we are broadcasting live here in Denver, Colorado. Beautiful, beautiful Denver. Broadcasting here all across the nation and all around the world. We're being listened to um, in over 240 countries. Um, and it's because of you who tune in wherever you are. Thank you for listening. Thank you for for making this one of the top shows here at the uh, at the station and we continue to work to provide you and bring you the best shows that we possibly can i'm humbled to be your host uh, next week we were going to have a guest uh, or two weeks from now i'm sorry the 28th we're going to have uh, a woman named amy frank she was uh, in the military she's going to be bringing um talking about military sexual trauma and uh, she was just on the she was just speaking in front of the um uh, Senate Armed Services Committee oh, uh, nice. about this uh, just a couple months ago. So she's going to be on, and uh, we've just got some great guests lined up for you. So tune in. Uh, this has been such a privilege, a humble privilege to, do, to be this, to host this today. I would love for all of you uh, just to share one bit of advice, one bit of wisdom. I ask this of everybody. One bit of wisdom from your life experience. So I think for me, um, God is faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, he has seen me through uh, sexual abuse, through um, a life-threatening car accident, through domestic violence in my previous marriage, and he has been faithful. There have been times when I haven't seen him, but he's been moving 
and helping me mm. and providing and protecting. So even though we can't see him sometimes, he's faithful. Wow. Well, he has given you a, a vision and a mission, a huge, huge, huge one, and uh, he gave it to the right person. Thanks, Charlie. Your wisdom? My wisdom? Boy, I have a lot. I don't know. I guess, yeah, God is faithful. I, yeah. uh, in my um, domestic violence relationship, marriage, ex-marriage, um, I, th- I was mad at him. Mm-hmm. I thought he put me here, but he didn't. And it was my choice to get out. He was mm-hmm. giving me the doors to get out. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't choose. Mm-hmm. And the day that I woke up and I chose that, I shined Mm. and my life has changed and my life is happy Mm -hmm. and I have children that I've always wanted. I have a wonderful husband Mm -hmm. and all my friends and my family are back in my life. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. Power of choice. Yes. Power of choice. I would just say don't let your circumstances, your life traumas define you. Oh, yes. That's right. There is always hope. And don't confuse the world with a loving God. Amen to that. Don't let your circumstances hold you back. That's for sure. I would say don't be afraid to take the first step towards whether it's getting out of a relationship or whether it's, you know, making a major life choice towards like going to college or going back to school for something or taking on a new job or leaving a job. Any of those choices, it may seem so scary now, but it will make your future so much different. I mean, you can't even imagine how it'll change your life. So <laughs> just, you know, it may seem so scary and so different now, but it will improve, so. Fantastic. This is wonderful. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, I wish we could keep going, but <laughs> I'm already over. Uh, folks, thank you so much for tuning in today to the council. We are adjourned. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. May you all be well. May you all be free of pain and suffering. May you all be whole. God bless. We're going to be back in two weeks. Tune in. We've got another great show for you here on the council. God bless. Blue. We are blue. Great job, Lydia.